Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. All right, Freedom Friday is here. It's been a long week, and especially all us that have been uh, fasting and praying and doing the Daniel fast. No butelo in the house, you know, just tea, hot water, you know. <laughs> but you know what? It's gonna. It's almost one week, so praise the Lord, you know. We, we're almost one-third of the way there. Today, we are in Daniel chapter 5. Uh, let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you, Father. Thank you for this time that you have given us, that we can come, Father God, and just share your word. Father, let it be you and not us. Father, I thank you in advance what you're doing, what you have done, and what you're going to continue to do. Thank you once again, Father. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. All right, all right, stretch if you need to. And my precious Sandra with the word. Okay, good morning. I am in the NIV version and we're in Daniel chapter five, starting with verse one. It says, King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his uh, father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of God or of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote, his face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave way. The king called out for the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners to be brought and said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the, the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became more, even more terrified, and his face grew even more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. O king, live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. 
In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, uh, your father, the king, I say, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. This man, Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a king keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. So call for Daniel, and he'll tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? I've heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now, I have heard that you're able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain around your neck, and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I'll read the writing for you, for the king, and tell him what it means. O king, the most high God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor because of the high position he gave him. All the peoples and nations and men of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king watched, excuse me, wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted spared, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted humbled, excuse me, to be humbled, uh, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed, deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and sets over them uh, and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself. Though you knew all this, instead you've set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds his hand holds his hand your life and all your ways therefore he sent the hand that wrote the inscription this is the inscription that was written mene mene teko parsin this is what the words mean mene god has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end teko you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting perez Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple and a gold chain was placed around his neck. He was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom.
That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius, the Mede, took over the kingdom at the age of 62. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, wow. So much, so much in this particular chapter, you know, and I had to read this book. You know, you got to read it more than once because he has so much information. You know, and this this particular chapter it takes place uh, roughly 23 years after uh, chapter four. So this was a, a time in between both chapters. And 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 it starts off with this Belshazzar, the, the king made a great feast, you know, for a thousand of his lords and they drank and they drank. So there were they, the king, this particular king, he made a great feast to honor his noblemen, you know, so he had them all together and they were drinking. What happens when you drink? You get drunk. All right. All right. So let's not do that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, this is what was happening. They were drinking, you know, and in verse two, it says, and while they, and while he tasted the wine, but Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple, which it has been in Jerusalem. So, so in, in this particular party, that the feast that they were having, you know, now this particular king gets a, a bright idea and it says, let's bring out some golden vessels. Let's bring out some silver vessels, which my father took from Jerusalem, you know, and he didn't give it not a second thought, you know. But in reality, when you when you start reading this and you see that, that this particular individual that they refer to Nebuchadnezzar as his father, they used back then the word father sometimes was used not so much also as a father, but also as a grandfather. So they, they used the word once, but it could be interpreted both ways. So uh, Belshazzar was the son of uh, Naponius, uh, who was the grand, and so he was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. So after Nebuchadnezzar's death, there were also several other kings. Uh, so it tells you that assassination was taking place. You know, so if, they, if, if you was a king and they didn't like you, guess what they did? They didn't have a vote. You know, they didn't hold an election. Somebody would come and just kill you. <laughs> and that was pretty much what was happening over here. So now we have uh, Belshazzar, you know, sitting on the throne and he puts this feast together, and, and I believe, uh, you know, he wanted to, to honor his noblemen, but he, I believe also it was probably maybe pride that took over him that he wanted to bring those vessels out, you know, from the, that was in, uh, in, in storage. And in verse three, it says, then they brought the golden vessels that have been in, in, from the temple of the house of God, which have been in Jerusalem, and all the kings and their wives and the concubines, they all drank from them. But then on top of all that, they were also giving praises to the God of gold, of silver, of bronze, of wood. So they were, you know, so they were actually worshiping, you know, using these vessels. And that is an abomination before God because these particular vessels were consecrated for the temple, you know, for the temple of God. So Belshazzar, he was acting in a way of, of aggressiveness against God. You know, so this is another thing what happens when pride kicks in, with a little bit of wine kicks in, you can do some crazy stuff. And this is what was happening. But it didn't take long for God to respond. 
You know, you can mock all you want to, but sooner or later, judgment is going to come. Sooner or later, the Lord is going to do something. It says in verse 5, at the same hour, at that same hour, while they were feasting and having a great old time, you know, it says there that the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote on the opposite of the lamp, on the lampstands, on the plaster wall in the king's palace. And the king saw part of the hand, you know, and then so you, you imagine, so you're drinking and now you see a hand just writing on a wall. So, you know, you have there and have not because you're probably drunk already. You know, so now you see in this hand over there, and, and he says here that the king's consonants change and his thoughts uh, trouble him. That's so much that fear, you know, took hold of him that he felt like his hips and his sockets were coming out of place. So he, in other words, he almost collapsed, you know, because of what was happening of that, of that writing. And in verse four, it says that the king cried out. The king cried out. This is what happens when fear also comes in, when fear comes in, sometimes we have the tendency of crying or screaming and the king cried aloud to bring all the astrologers, the, the Chandrians, the smoothsayers. The king say, uh, said to them, uh, to all these men, you know, to interpret that writing on the wall. And he said that I will give them a purple uh, rope, that I will put a chain around that neck of that individual and I, I will give him half, well, I mean, one third of my kingdom. So the king offered great honor. The king, you know, he wanted that, he wanted to know what was in that writing. He was, he was so afraid, but yet he wanted to know what was in that writing. And guess what? No one could read it. Not all the wise men, not all the people that they had there, none of them. And, and then verse 8, it goes into, now all the king's wise men came but they could not read the writing. They did not understand it. They couldn't interpret it. In verse nine, and the king, he was again, he was greatly troubled. So two times in this particular chapter, it says that the king was greatly troubled, that his constant change and that he was troubled. And also all the lords were astounded. All the lords were like surprised. All the, so everybody's like, maybe like, the eyes opened up, the mouth halfway open, seeing this writing on the wall and seeing how the king is acting. So you know what? When all everything is going crazy, guess who comes along to bring some comfort? A woman. And I, and I, and I want to just say, you know, heads up to all the ladies, all the wives, you know, all the mothers out there, because sometimes, you know, you guys do what we cannot do. And this particular woman, the queen, it refers to the queen. It says the queen, because of the words of the king and the lords came uh, to the banquet. The queen spoke saying, O king, forever live. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your consonants uh, change. This particular queen, it was not one of the wives of the king. Uh, she must, she, uh, some consider her the queen mother. So as the queen mother, you know, at the, she was not one of the wives. You know, and because all the wives before this, we read that all the wives were already in the banquet. You know, so she came after she was not even in the banquet, you know, so she so she came and she knew history. That's the other thing that she tells us she was an older lady and she knew history. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And in, in verse 11, he said, there is a man in your kingdom who the spirit of the holy God and in the days of your, uh, your father, referring to his father or grandfather, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And the king Nebuchadnezzar, again, your father, the king, made him a chief, musician, uh, magician, astrologer, Chandrian, uh, uh, and smooth sailor. So he, she said, this particular individual had the title of the wisest of the wise. This individual is in your kingdom, you know, and he says in verse 12, in so much as an excellent spirit of knowledge, understanding, interpretation of dreams, solving riddles, explaining enigmas, uh, 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 and found and found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give you the interpretation. So now we go back. Now we're going into Daniel. So Daniel, apparently, you know, he was about 80 years old at this particular time. So time has passed. He was probably either retired from doing this or just forgotten because, you know, he was not even called to the king. He was not even one of the ones that came to interpret the dreams. So he was in the background someplace, you know, and the queen mother, again, most, most believe that she was the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar at the time. You know, remember Daniel's uh, spirit during her father's reign. So she remembered the history, you know, and then they, um, verse 13, then Daniel was brought before the king and the king spoke and said to Daniel, are you that Daniel who was one of the captives from Judah? You know, I, and then it goes into 14. I have heard that the spirit of God is in you. So he said, now, you know, you got to understand some of these words. He said, I have heard. So he heard from the queen mother, you know, but we're going to see later on that he knew more than what he was saying. You know, I have heard that the, that the spirit of the God is in you and that the light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. You know, so the king was giving acknowledgement to Daniel. This is who you are. You know, and that, and I have heard that you can interpret dreams. That I heard that you can do this. So we and and so he also told Daniel that he could, if he could interpret the dreams, that he would be given a purple robe, a chain around his neck. In verse sixteen, you know, and he will he would be the ruler of one third of the kingdom. Then Daniel, in verse seventeen, said before the king, "Let your gifts be for yourself." So guess what? He doesn't want the, he doesn't want a purple robe. He doesn't want a chain around his neck. You know, he doesn't want none of that stuff. Yet I will still tell you the interpretation. Now, you know, some people may look at that as a as a arrogance against the king. Well, Daniel had reason for that. You know, so I'm saying Daniel didn't act arrogant or rude to the king just because he acted this way because he knew. He knew that this particular king knew what the history was. You know, according to, you know, some uh, Asian archives and texts that have been found, uh, the names of Belshazzar has appeared. So, you know, so, you know, so that, that, that brings confirmation from the word of God in, in, in books of the world, you know, that, and that he served under the government of an, another king back in 560 B.C., 
you know, so that tells us that he was there as a younger guy when Nebuchadnezzar was the king. He experienced what and saw some of this stuff that has happened. So yet again, for him to be acting like he doesn't know anything, you know, he was in denial. He was in denial of, of what has happened. And he says in verse uh, 18, that Daniel speaks and he says, oh, king, you know, sometimes when you go before a king, you know, you want to give him the praise. That's what, And this is what they do because Daniel says, oh, king, you know, and then the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom of majesty, glory and honor. So Daniel is building up Nebuchadnezzar because in the long run, Nebuchadnezzar, even though he had his time and he did fail, but yet again, he was restored and, and, and God gave him great honor. And it says in verse 19, and because of the majesty that he gave him, all the people, all the nations, all the languages tremble and fear before him. And that's what happens when we have the Lord. When we have the Lord, you know, no weapon formed against us will prosper. When we have the Lord, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And he goes on and says, whoever he wished, he exalted whoever he wished to keep alive, whoever he wished to set up, you know, he set up. And whoever he wished to put down, he put down. So Nebuchadnezzar, you know, had all these things. But there, at one time in his life, you know, there was pride. And that was found in chapter 4 of, at the, of Daniel. And it says in verse 20, but when his heart, talking about that particular time, when his heart was lifted up, you know, when pride took in, and the spirit, his spirit was hardened in him pride, he was disposed from his, from his throne, and, and they took the glory from him. And in verse 21, and he was driven from, from his sons and, and from men, and his heart was made as the beast. So this is when he lost his mind. This is when he was removed from the kingdom. And this is where he was acting more as a beast, as an animal than anything else. So he was out of control and he went through all this. And that's what happens. You know, that's what happens when we don't have the Lord. We don't know what to do. Confusion sets in, doubt sets in, fear sets in. So, we, you know, and sometimes, you know, when we're dealing with people, we have to make sure that we know whom we're dealing with and what's behind all this. Again, that goes into freedom, that goes into deliverance. That, that's a different topic. But this is individual was being tormented by all this. Why? Because he gave room to pride. And this is what happened to him. That so much that he was left in the field. Pretty much. And he stood there for, for a, a season until he acknowledged God, until he came to be. And he was given back into position. Once he opens up his eyes and saw, you know, God restore him, restore him. But now, look, this is the good part. This is the good part. My time is running so fast. This is the good, because this is, this is Belshazzar in, in verse 22. He says, but you, son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. <laughs> you knew all this. You try to talk like you didn't know nothing that was happening. You were walking in denial. You were walking in denial. And that's probably why your knees were probably shaking in the beginning, you know, when you saw the writing, because you said to yourself, probably, self, I think I messed up. 
I think I, I messed up here. I shouldn't have taken those goblets. I shouldn't realize that this God, you know, this God, the almighty God is for real, you know, because Daniel right here tells him, although you knew all this exposure, he was exposed. You have lifted yourself up, you know, uh, up against the Lord of heaven. You know, you have brought the vessels of the house of God before you. You have, you and the lords, your wives, your concubines, they all drank from it and praised the little gods of silver, gold, bronze, you know, and, and, you know, and he went on and on and on. So he was really drilling this king, you know, at this particular moment. God who holds, and, 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 and this key word right here, at the end of 23, God who holds your breath in his hands. God who holds the breath in the, and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. God who holds your breath. You know, he was telling him, this God that holds your breath, you're doing this against. You have put yourself against him. Then he went on, he went on. Then the fingers of the, in verse 24, then the fingers of the hand was set from him. So then always he says, that writing was sent by God. That writing was God, a direct message to what? To you, a direct message. You know, when God wants to make himself known, he's going to make himself known. When God wants to tell you something, you know what? He's, he's going to tell you something. And he might speak to you through his word. He might speak to you through a song. He might speak to you through nature. He might speak to you as in, in a dream. He might speak to you by somebody else that, you know, that, that is with you, you know, but he will make himself known to you. We don't need to be going to know, you know, uh, people out there in the world, you know, so, and, and, and seeing who can read my hand or who can who can say or who can interpret, but God will give you the word, you know, and it says there that the interpretation of the writing, mini, mini, taki, I can't even say these words, you know, I'm the worst, I'm the worst reader when it comes to all these crazy words, that's why I have you guys read for me, I destroy all this, but anyway, anyway, verse 26, it says, mini means God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. In other words, he was putting a point, a period, at the end of, of this guy's kingdom. Uh, Taki, you know, he has waited in balance and found wanting. You know, he has waited what you have done. And Perez, your kingdom has been divided. In other words, your kingdom has been taken from you. Your kingdom has been taken. You know, so, so Daniel was saying, Babylon will be, you know, will be uh, taken down. Um, Babylon will be destroyed by the Persian Empire. That's what he was pretty much saying, you know, that he would, that Babylon, that's what's going to happen to Babylon. Then in uh, verse 29, then Bel uh, Belshazzar gave the command, you know, and, and it says, you know, okay, Daniel, thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for bringing clarity. Even though I feel that he probably already knew, but he didn't want to admit it. And he needed somebody to prove it to him. That it was God, and, and he gave Daniel the, the the chain. He gave Daniel the, the the purple robe, and gave him you know one third of the kingdom to rule. And then here we go, here we go. Then verse thirty, that very night, Belshazzar, king of the Syrians, was slain. 
he was killed that night, that very night. God judged him. God brought the word to him. And God removed them all in one day. Ain't that something? All in one day. When, and he goes, and he goes into, you know, I, I read this, I was reading, I went back and read chapter four, you know, and, and Nebuchadnezzar, you know, when God restored him at the end of chapter four, uh, 37, he says, or oh, it says, and those who walk in pride, he, God, is able to put down. He, God, is able to put down, you know, and that again just takes me into Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, you know, and the hearty spirit before a fall. So in this chapter, you know, it, it's, it's a chapter that's pretty much talking about pride. It's talking about the, the, the individual and what he wanted. It was pretty much what he wanted to do. But he also goes, it, touch, it, it touches a little bit about drinking because right there in the beginning, everybody was just at the, having wine and drinking. And then all of a sudden, this individual decides to do all this, knowing the history. The, the, the hard thing that I have is, you know, when you know that this is bad and then you still do it. And that's what he was, he, that's, that's what this individual did. You know, he, he did what he wanted to do. And he didn't learn from his grandfather. Why the experience that he had. And not only that, everything is documented. Everything was kept in history. All, you know, all these kings, all these writings is always kept in history. A lot of this stuff is shared, you know. So he had the information. He refused to listen to the information. And he decided to do what he wanted to do. But again, I look at that sometimes as just the, the word of God. We know the word of God, but sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we lose it. Sometimes pressure hits us and, oh, my God. And we might uh, lose, you know, a, a screw, you know, and, and, and there goes a steam, you know, and we can lose it. But praise God that we have a God that loves us. Praise God that he ha that he's merciful. Praise the Lord that he, that, that he loves us so much that he says, okay, now, all right, you messed up. Come on, now let's get it together. You know, he wipes you down, you know, combs, combs our, or not comb my hair, but comb you guys' hairs, you know, and, and, and sets us up again and says, okay, let's do it again. Because our God is a God of restoration, you know. So do not allow anything this season that we're in, you know, especially going through the Daniel fast. Do not allow anything to rob you of the blessing that God has for you. Do not allow pride, because this particular chapter, I believe, is speaking a lot about pride. Do not allow that to stop God's blessing, because, you know, the best is yet to come. And I feel that, you know, we will get into the end of week one. Got two more weeks to go, you know, and, and I believe sometimes things will get a little bit hotter and things might get a little bit uh, stronger and difficult. But, you know, as long as we're holding on at the end of this, you know, at the end of this, uh, Psalms 23, when you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will feel no evil. But it says as you walk through the, so that we got to go through this. We're going through it and we're going to make it and we're going to be victorious. And guess what? Victory is already ours in Christ Jesus. So my brothers and sisters, please just hold on. Don't give up. You know, if you fall, get up, wipe yourself down and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it again. And you do it again. 
you never stop because there's blessings around the corner. And I keep, you know, I keep, that's one of my, my words that I know that I use a lot. You probably get crazy enough to say, he's always talking about that. But you know, the blessings of God are there and they're right around the corner. God's about to do a wonderful work in you, in your family, in your marriage, in your home, in your children, in your finances, in your job, in your neighborhood, in your community, and in our church. God is ready to break loose, and we need to be ready for that. So please, let's just get a, dig a little bit deeper in this season that we're in. God's about to show you things that you, you are going to be blown away. So my brothers and sisters, I love you in the Lord. Thank you, my lovely Sandra, for reading for me. She always hooks me up, always hooks me up. You know, thank you for, uh, sorry for my word pronunciation, but guess what? I'm pop, I can get away with it. You know, I got I got a waiver. I said that I can get a waiver. <laughs> All right. I know my time is up already. Two minutes over. Well, have a blessed weekend. You know, let's get ready. Let's get ready for our connect groups. You know, that's happening. Make sure that you are all set up and, and also get ready to, to see what God has for us this, this particular season. Father God, I just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your favor, your grace, your love, your peace, your joy your understanding, your comfort, Father God. Thank you that you are in control, Father, and of our lives, Father God. Thank you that we don't have to go far, Father. All we need to do is just turn to you in any situation, Father. We don't have to depend upon, like this like this king, Father God, that he depended upon other things. Father, we just depend upon you and upon your word and upon your direction, Father. And I thank you that your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You will never abandon us. Thank you, Father God, that you have come to give us life and life in abundance. You have come to set us free. And that's why, Father God, we can celebrate Freedom Friday. That's why we can celebrate our freedom, Father God, from the sins of this world, because you have come to set us free. So, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Be with them and keep them. Encourage them, Holy Spirit, as they go through the Daniel fast, Father. Help them, Father God. And I thank you for their victory. I thank you for their victory in advance. I thank you for their healing. I thank you for their restorations, Father. I thank you for the supernatural things that are going to happen in their homes and in their families, Father. I thank you for the breakthrough that is coming. Father, I sense the spirit is moving and I said a wave is coming, Father. But I thank you, Father God, because we are in your hand as we go through the wave. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, guys, I love you. Have a blessed weekend and we'll talk soon. God bless. <laughs>